0: Here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It
1: podcast. This is a special fantasy football preview show. I'm Bryce Johnson, thrilled to be with you today as we talk faith and fantasy, and I'll share my thoughts about the upcoming fantasy football season give you some, some tips, suggestions, thoughts, predictions, and, and share some of the principles that I used to draft a, a team already. So that's right. I've already had one draft. Uh, my, actually, my main league, the, the league that, that I'm heading into my 17th season with. And, and so I'll talk all about that in just a moment. Let me ask you this first. Do you need to get your own health insurance? Go to healthmarketgenius.com. Know your options, healthmarketgenius.com. Support them as they support us. So uh, on this special edition today, it's all fantasy football. And and, and part of what we want to do today as well is, is to encourage you to be a part of Fantasy Football Fellowship. And, and this is a, a ministry resource that, that we created here at Unpacking It Ministries. And it is basically, we, we wrote a, a playbook, the Fantasy Football Fellowship Playbook, that takes fantasy concepts, relates them to the Bible, and the book is designed to be used by your league throughout the whole season. From you know the, the start of, of draft season all the way through the championship game, and, and so there are questions and topics for, for you to discuss with other owners in the league. And, and so you can do it on your own. No, no, it's just, you read it yourself and answer the questions yourself. But it's more fun to, to be able to talk about the fantasy topics and the faith topics uh, with other guys in your league. And so check it out. It's fantasyfootballfellowship.com. And we have a, a commissioner kit that you can buy uh, we've got the playbook that you can get. And then if if you, you want it to, to be a part of your church, uh, we have a whole option for churches to have fantasy leagues as well. So it's for new leagues, current leagues, or previous leagues that you have. Uh, you can just add the, the fantasy football fellowship to your normal league, or if you want to start a specific league kind of centered around it, either personally or through your church, uh, do it. It would be awesome. We'd love to have you a part of this and you can check out FantasyFootballFellowship.com. Also, this year, we are launching three leagues for you to join. So, you know, you just heard me talking, He you say, ah, I don't have a league, right? I don't know who I'm going to play with or whatever, and you want to play fantasy football with us, with some other members of the Unpacking It community, other listeners here on the podcast. We'd love to have you join one of our three Leagues, And so you can go to com slash fantasy and we've got a a standard league, snake draft, auction draft, and then the FFF 32 league, which one owner per each NFL roster. So if you own the Panthers, your fantasy team this year only will have Panthers players. And so it's going to be a ton of fun. And we, we still have some open teams. So definitely go check that out. Uh, that's unpacking slash fantasy. And all of those leagues will go through the 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 fantasy football fellowship playbook throughout the season as well. So if so get the get the playbook, and then if you know you're looking for some guys to go through that content with, uh we'll will be part of that with you. Uh, if you do it through our leagues here at Unpacking It. So now that we got that all out of the way, uh, hope, hopefully you'll, you'll get connected in, in you know, one or multiple ways, and, and we greatly appreciate the support. All right, so let's start with this. Why I play fantasy football, and I'm sure that, that many of these you know reasons are, are why you play as well, but I love the NFL, and I would watch the NFL anyway, but playing fantasy football, it raises your interest into the whole sport. And so when I watch games on Sunday, I, I watch the red zone channel. I love to see, you know, as, as many different games, as many different players as possible because I'm keeping up with all my fantasy teams. I still watch my favorite NFL team, the Panthers, but then it 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 just creates this intrigue for the rest of the league. So as a sports fan, that's why I love it. From a, you know, a a guy who loves uh, relationships and and fellowship and faith and and all of, all of those important things that are even more important than sports. I also love fantasy football because it connects me to my buddies. And I'm in a high school league that started in 2004, my senior year of high school. That's the one that I'm, I'm heading into my 17th year. Uh, gosh, let that set in a little bit. Yikes. And then I'm also in a league with, with a bunch of college buddies. And so, those are my two main leagues, and then now this year I'm adding these unpacking it leagues, and so I'm excited to connect with you through those leagues. But what it does is it gives you an easy excuse when you're in a fantasy league with other guys, there's always something to talk about because you're either you know, talking about the matchup with, with who you, you've got that week, or you're talking about the overall league, hey, when's the draft coming up, and then it leads to conversations about, hey, How's your job going? Hey, how's your wife? How are your kids? And then hopefully it goes even further. And that's why we created the playbook so that it can go into conversations about faith as well. Because ultimately, that's what we need each other for to get through this the challenges of life, to get through the difficult seasons of life, even beyond fantasy, that we all encounter. And it's so much easier to do when we're doing it, linking arms with each other, pointing each other toward Jesus, and and, and experiencing that deep level of fellowship. So that to me is the ultimate goal that can be created through fantasy football because it's a built-in small group and it's a built-in, you know, just connection point. And, and so I'm all for it. And and I, I and, in addition to, you know, those elements of, of why I love fantasy, I also love the competitive side because, let's face it, there aren't as many opportunities later on in life for competition you know, outside of, of of work responsibilities and, and you're always trying to you know get better and work hard and, and those kind of things and, and it's fun uh, but there's a certain uh, expectation pressure you know all that goes with that a lot of times whereas with fantasy football it's fun yet it's also competitive and whether you win or lose it doesn't really matter but when you win it's that much more fun and especially when you beat one of your buddies that week and you can give him a call following that weekend. And, and have a little uh you know trash talk with them, so that 's another reason that I love it and and so I could go on and on but but I, i'm i 'm a huge fantasy football guy it 's a key part of our ministry here at unpacking it. I love having fantasy football guests. Uh, we had Andy Holloway from the fantasy footballers, so hopefully you 've listened to that podcast as well. He was awesome and and so it, it's it's a part of what we 're doing here today on this episode, kind of a special preview edition and if you guys end up, end up liking this episode and you want me to record more fantasy football specific podcasts and, and have more guests on where we talk fantasy football, let me know. Because we can do that, uh, but, but I want to make sure that, that it's something that, that you guys are interested in as, as loyal listeners of the Unpacking It podcast. Shoot me an email, bryce at unpackingit.com and, and let me know. My first draft of the year uh took place first of August and normally we all end up in Charlotte and we have uh usually 12 out of the 14 guys in attendance and then the other two guys will be you know virtual and and we normally draft probably 6-7 hours I would say you'll know, break for food and and that kind of thing but we make it a full day we'll, we'll either do breakfast or do something after the draft and we make it a full day this year though for the 2020 draft we decided to go out of town well then of course the virus and a bunch of guys in our league ended up having other family issues take place and, and, and go on in their life and so we ended up with six out of the 14 and we drafted from Friday night all the way through Sunday evening and it was a very interesting draft because there was no time clock when you were up. And so you had more time to you know, research, but you never really knew when guys would pick. And so it just made for a wild weekend. We had a blast. We were up in Boone. Uh, I went to Appalachian State. And so we, we had a fun weekend up there, uh, even though it was you know a smaller group. And, and back to why I love fantasy. So we, we drafted all weekend long. You know, made fun of each other's picks. I got mad because my, my brother ended up taking Tony Pollard. I drafted Ezekiel Elliott with the third pick, was planning on getting Tony Pollard. My brother took him from me, was not happy about that. However, later on, I got, I was able to draft my guy, Darrington Evans, out of App State. He's playing with the Titans. He's their backup running back. Should be a nice one two punch with Derrick Henry. So I stole him. From a guy who drafted Derrick Henry in the first round, that guy happens to be uh, an App State grad as well. He was not happy with me, so all of that was fun. We had some, uh, you know, anger, excitement, uh, intensity surrounding both of those picks. But here's the highlight: when we ended the weekend, we we ended up having uh, just some awesome spiritual conversations and spiritual encouragement as we left and and kind of as we wrapped up. Uh, At the house that we stayed at, and then we even as we drove out of town, uh, a couple other guys wanted to to share me included, Uh, and so we we pulled off into a a parking lot and just had a just a a continued deep conversation and and that's how we ended competitive weekend and and just a you know it was a worthwhile weekend, but it was fantasy focused and then to wrap it up spiritually focused, it was awesome. So I, I just encourage you to. Uh, sometimes maybe it's it's a little awkward at first to say, "Hey, how's everybody doing spiritually, or what's going on, you know, personally in your lives? How, how have you been handling the last few months?" And then once one guy shares, it opens the floodgates, and and so uh, that's what we were able to uh, to experience, and so it was awesome. But as far as my actual draft goes, uh, I did get Zeke. I followed that up with Kittle, and then Thielen, Adam Thielen and i was absolutely thrilled with that start to the draft and and so i went into the draft and here here are my principles for this season and 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 you know what i i basically stuck to and and encourage you to come up with your own principles and maybe you steal one or two of mine listen to other fantasy analysts and and figure out you know what you truly buy into and then I would suggest sticking to those principles as you're drafting and almost be aware of those principles because I think it makes you a more effective drafter because if you're just going willy nilly and and you don't you don't necessarily have to have a plan to where all right, I'm gonna take this guy in the third round, this guy in the fifth round, like that's fine. that's part of it. But if you have a a lens to look through and and principles to stick to, I think you can draft uh, a lot better. and so for me, I went in saying, I am not drafting rookies. That could end up biting me a little bit, but it prevented me from reaching for some rookies, overvaluing some rookies, which ended up happening in our draft. Some rookies went earlier than really they should have, and I'm not sure that they'll be able to live up to those expectations with where they were drafted this year. And so I said, no rookies. And so I, I, I had a, a spot in the draft, which, again, this could end up coming back to bite me, but I took Devin Singletary from the Bills instead of Jonathan Taylor from the Colts. And, and so everybody likes Jonathan Taylor. He's a hyped running back out of Wisconsin. He's legit. But the Colts, I don't know what they're going to do this year as far as are they going to be pass-heavy with Phillip Rivers? Are they going to be run-heavy because Phillip Rivers is at the end of his his career? Or do they tap into some of their, their weapons in the passing game? Because I still like T.Y. Hilton. And now they've added Trey Burton to, to go along uh, with uh, Kobe Fleener at tight end. I like Hines coming out of the, the backfield, who I ended up drafting later in the draft. And then you've got Marlon Mack returning. So to me, th- there's a lot of uh, weapons in Indy. I like Indy. I think they actually have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, I know that may sound crazy to some, but when you look at their roster and what they've been building the last couple of years, then they add a veteran like Phillip Rivers who's just going to be solid for them. I like their chances. Good offensive line. So I say all that to say, okay, I could have taken Jonathan Taylor. It would have been a pretty good pick. I guess it was in the fourth round. But I like Devin Singletary coming in for Buffalo. He, he proved that he can play in his rookie season. He already knows the offense. The Bills are running it back. They added Stephon Diggs, who should be able to, you know, extend the field and, and and actually help the running game, and and so he's now their deep threat to go along with John Brown, who's also basically a deep threat. Cole Beasley, uh, their you know, kind of slot wide receiver, probably he'll probably slide into that role a little bit more. Last year he he had even more volume uh, because they didn't have a lot of weapons, but uh, but Singletary showed that he can run and catch. And now Frank Gore is gone. And back to my rookie thought: I'm not worried about Zach Moss, the rookie that they drafted, because I don't trust rookies this year. So I guess I didn't even tell you why I don't want rookies this year, but it's kind of obvious. They didn't have OTAs, the rookie mini camp. They haven't been in the in the building like they need to be to be comfortable to adapt to you know the the new level of play that they're stepping into and so some of these rookies will make a difference in fantasy this year but it might take six seven eight weeks and i'm in a 14man league i can't wait to win i have to win right out of the gate if i want to make the playoffs and and compete because it's just it's challenging with that many guys in a league so I wasn't going to take the risk with rookies. And so I stuck to that principle. Now, I drafted Darrington Evans out of App State, but that took away a handcuff from another guy. I got him pretty late. I actually think he'll contribute as that, as that extra guy because he's not competing with anybody. We're not expecting... I didn't draft him to be a, a starter. He's a guy on my bench, just kind of a flyer, and anything that he does will be a bonus. Whereas taking Jonathan Taylor, a rookie, in the fourth round you got to be a big time contributor. That's an RB2. So that that to me is is just tough. And so a lot of wide receivers went fairly early in my draft. I'm not drafting rookie wide receivers. I'm sorry. I I'm not willing to take that risk especially this year. A lot of these rookies went you know first round picks. That that was it was kind of the 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 wide receiver draft this year in the real NFL. And and so I I just I understand why guys are, you know, why fantasy owners are excited about those guys and they'll end up being studs. You know, most of them, a couple of them will be busts. Laqu- LaQuan Treadwell, uh, years ago, remember he was a big-time player for Minnesota. They drafted him in the first round, never panned out. And we can go on and on with the number of wide receivers in the first round that didn't pan out. And so I, I just so anyway, I avoided the rookies and I stuck with it un- until Darrington Evans. And so figure out where you stand on rookies. Are you going to reach for them? You know, if you're in a keeper league, it's a little different, but I, I, just, I, I just don't have the level of confidence that I need to take rookies where they're going in, in drafts. The other thing I decided to do this year, another principle that I stuck to, was wait on the quarterback position. Lamar Jackson, Mahomes, they're awesome. They're, they separate from the rest of the pack of quarterbacks. But when it comes to the rest of the guys, we we don't know if Deshaun Watson, how effective he's going to be without DeAndre Hopkins. Will he take a step back? Everybody's expecting Kyler Murray to take this big step forward, but there's so much hype surrounding him that you have to draft him pretty early to even get him. So I'm not taking that risk with him. And then, you know, you've got your older guys like Drew Brees and like I mentioned, Rivers and Tom Brady and... Aaron Rodgers, and and we don't know exactly how effective they'll be another year in the league. So there, there's some risk around those guys. And so I was fine just waiting. It was funny. I, so I, two, both of my brothers were in this league of 14. We were the only three. We were the last three to get a quarterback. And so what's fun about our league, and I, I recommend this. This is a really fun uh, little wrinkle to add to draft day. At the end of the eighth round, we do a blind bid pick, which means every guy in the league writes down, or we send it in digitally, but you write down the the name of the player that you want that's still available and the round that you're bidding. So I ended up putting Carson Wentz in the uh, 14th round, and I ended up winning that bid because nobody else bid on Carson Wentz. Now, somebody else bid on Cam. My, my other brother bid on Cam Newton. He got him. Two guys bid on Hardman from the Kansas City Chiefs. And so the guy that put a higher round between 9 and 16 beat the other guy out. And the other guy didn't get a blind bid player. So if you want to know more about it, you can shoot me an email, com. But it's a, it's a fun uh, wrinkle. So I was able to get Carson Wentz late. And then I followed that up. I got Ben Roethlisberger late as well. Uh, I forget exactly what, what round, but somewhere in the eleven to fifteen range, um, eh, probably it was probably eleventh round that I got Ben Roethlisberger. So between Roethlisberger and Wentz, both injury prone, so to speak. Wentz especially, but Roethlisberger has his moments too. So to me, <laughs> when they're out there healthy, they're awesome. They're they're MVP candidates. A couple years ago, Roethlisberger was a top three guy in fantasy, and and Wentz, remember, on their way to the Super Bowl, was an MVP candidate. Before Nick Foles took over and, and Wentz got injured, so I like those guys. The Eagles, even last year, not having as many weapons in the passing game, he still was doing awesome. And 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 Wentz was a threat. And even with Roethlisberger out last year, that offense did enough to to survive. And and I'm gonna talk about at least one of the receivers that they have in a little bit. But I still like the Steelers' offense. And and with Mike Tomlin, I, I so I like Roethlisberger. So. I, and I like the value that I got for both of those guys. So then I my strategy for the day was I'm going to load up on running backs. And that's what I did. I got P, We're in a PPR league, and I went after PPR running backs. I wanted Hines. I wanted James White from the Patriots. And, and so I loaded up with those two. And then I, I'll talk about him in a little bit. But I ended up getting Ronald Jones, uh, who I like as well, and the value that I got for him. So – my team is stacked with running backs. And because I got Thielen early, I followed that up with a value pick. I got Cortland Sutton. Uh, he fell a, a round or two and, and from Denver. And he was good last year with Drew Locke. And so whether Drew Locke takes this huge jump that, that some people are anticipating, whether or not he does, I still like Sutton. And, and you know they, they added a receiver, Judy and uh you know he maybe he's he's a contributor but like i said with the rookies i'm not worried about them so i still like sutton as the uh as the main target in denver so those were the the things going in where um i felt i felt good about my strategy and this was one of my favorite drafts i've ever done because i did so many mock drafts and i did have an understanding of what i wanted to do going into my fantasy draft. I kind of had an idea what players would, would be available when, and I was able to draft with confidence. And it's funny. I've never gotten into mock drafts as much as I did this year. I was using that draft wizard on Fantasy Pros, and they do simulations compared to doing mock drafts with other real people. I actually like the simulations better because they're, they're taking a, you know, more of the averages of guys. And so it, it helped me out a lot. That was a difference for me, and then normally when I go into a fantasy draft, I usually use uh, like a draft wizard or some kind of draft program during my draft. And I didn't do that this year; I did it a little bit differently. But I I, I left the draft feeling as as great. I probably always feel great, but I actually felt felt good uh, this year. So uh, those are those are some of my you know key key principles. And, and I'd be curious to know, you know what principles you buy into. I, I would say one other, a couple other things I'll, I'll throw out there, and, but I would love to hear from you and your principles as well. I'm really hesitant this year, along with rookies, the guys with new teams or new coaches taking over. It's always a wild card with those guys, but especially this year. I, just don't, like, I don't think it can be overstated. Some guys will, will just be awesome because they're awesome. And, and maybe DeAndre Hopkins, no matter where he goes, he's awesome. But there's a little bit of a pause to know, well, I don't know. What's he going to do in Arizona? He doesn't have Deshaun Watson. Hopkins has been great throughout his career. But you know, new environment, is he even better or is he worse? There's, there's a lot of question marks with him. So I would have drafted Hopkins at the right spot, but I, I'm also hesitant with him. And so I tried to go with safer picks. So, George Kittle with San Francisco, we know what he can do. I'm so glad he slipped to me. Adam Thielen, sure, Stephon Diggs is gone, but Thielen has shown he's reliable. Kirk Cousins and him seemed to work out their issues last year, and now Thielen really should have even more balls thrown his way. So, I was thrilled to get him. Ezekiel Elliott, Mike McCarthy takes over, and there's probably some concern with, oh, well, uh, did McCarthy ever really run the ball? But Dallas, that offense, like we, we know they've got a lot of weapons. I think they're going to be scoring a lot of points. They're going to be moving the ball. Zeke will get his. He'll get his points. He's not going to be left on the bench. I just don't, I don't see that happening. Even though normally with a new coach, I'm hesitant. But the, the difference between McCarthy is he's a veteran coach. It's not Matt Rule in Carolina where he hasn't been an NFL coach. We don't know exactly. What he's going to do, and what kind of we, and even with Brady, uh, Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator for the Panthers, we kind of have an idea of how he was at LSU and all that sort of thing, but he hasn't done it on this level with that role. Is he going to be in over his head? So, at least with McCarthy, you, you know, uh, what Dallas is going to do. So, so, I took Zeke with that third pick and, and under, you know, kind of. I feel, I feel like it's a safe pick. I feel like it's fine. We'll stop talking about my draft, and, and let's, let's jump into just some different players in different categories, and, and I'll run through just kind of my, my opinion on some of these guys. And anytime you listen to fantasy advice, you can ask. Like the analysts that get paid you know, big money to be fantasy analysts, Like they do, they do good research. And so I'll talk about it from a spiritual standpoint in a little bit. They're worth listening to, but you have to listen to multiple guys because many of them are biased towards certain teams or certain players or certain styles. So you have to, to me, you have to listen to a lot. So take what I say with a grain of salt, factor it into your fantasy decisions. Know that last year I was in three leagues, I won one redraft league. I finished second in a, a keeper league that I, I had won the year before, but, and, and, and I beat my brother in that league, and then I lost to him last year. So we, sw- we swapped each year. We both finished first or second. And then my third league, I missed the playoffs for the first time in that league ever. And, and so the reason that I had such a bad year was I drafted Cam Newton, and it just, it just cost me dearly. And I didn't have a backup quarterback. And so I ended up having to trade Robert Woods, who was my top receiver. So anyway, long story, it just it was a disaster of a league uh, or season for me in that league. But hey, out of three leagues, first, second, 11th, uh, not bad. But that league normally, I, I've won that league twice uh, in years past. So with that said, uh, as I've got my, my two rings uh, here in the office somewhere, here are the guys I, I love normally. And, and so when, when it comes to this season, I'm biased because I just always love these players. So George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, Hunter Henry, all great tight ends that I like. Henry, who's been injured so much, is so talented that I still love him. All right. And then I told you, Adam Thielen, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Austin Eckler, also with the Chargers. I, I love him, but I'm going to get to the Chargers in a moment. So these are the guys I like. And then Kenny Galladay with the Detroit Lions. Just the way he plays, he's a stud. Even without Matthew Stafford last year, he was awesome. I think with Stafford coming back, he's going to take a step even further and be more effective this year. And then Josh Jacobs with the Raiders. He was just so solid as a rookie last year. Not as hyped as other guys, but just consistent. And I think he'll only get better. And I think the Raiders will only get better. And so that that leads me to... Uh, a couple underrated teams. I think the Raiders are underrated, and I think the uh, Detroit Lions are underrated. Their offense specifically, but then some overvalued teams this year. I think the Arizona Cardinals. I'm just, I'm just not totally sold on them yet. And then I do think the Chargers. As much as I love Eckler and and Hunter Henry, I think they're overvalued in when you have to draft players on the Chargers. Like maybe you get Keenan Allen for a deal and maybe you get Mike Williams for a deal but in order to get Eckler man you got to take him early and, and and with that offense going through some changes it makes me a little nervous um i also think the uh cincinnati bengals are very overvalued i mean i i've seen you know multiple wide receivers going so aj green he, i i saw t higgins john ross all taken Tyler Boyd is considered like a top wide receiver. They have a rookie quarterback. We don't know what Joe Burrow is going to do this year. So I'm, I'm a little nervous. And we've seen what the Bengals have done in years past. Outside of Joe Mixon, I think Joe Mixon is good no matter what because um, they were terrible last year, yet he still put up great numbers. But as far as the passing game goes, I just think it's so uncertain. And yet these guys are all being drafted, and I think there's some high expectations, especially for Tyler Boyd. Uh, which I don't know. I'm just a little nervous about that. Now, I know he put up good numbers even you know last year with some inconsistency at quarterback, but to expect the big jump this year, I don't know. I'm not sold on that. So here are a couple other overrated players that I've decided to pass on in fantasy this year. Leonard Fournette. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm staying away from his running style, the Jaguars' running style, and I like Minshew. And, and I'm fine taking uh, maybe a receiver or two, but I, but I just don't want Fournette. So I, I'll, I'll buy into their passing game, not their running game with Fournette, and especially where you have to take Fournette. Zach Ertz, I, I'll pass. I'll pass on Ertz this year. you got to draft him early. I'm just worried about Dallas Goddard. I love their offense because I, I've got Carson Wentz, and I think they'll be better this year. But I just think Goddard continues to improve and take targets away from Ertz. Darren Waller is another guy that I think, you know, last year was awesome and he was a steal, but this year I think he's overvalued and I'm just not totally sold that he can do the same kind of numbers as he did last year. And I think he fizzled toward the end of last year as well. And so Darren Waller, a nice story, but I want to see him do it back to back years before I'm willing to spend, you know, a top five tight end pick on him meaning he's the fifth tight end taken. Um, I'm not sure I'm willing to pay that price for him. Another guy I really like is A.J. Brown with Tennessee, but he's going wide receiver 18. I think that's a big jump for him. I, 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 to me, he's, he's someone I'd love to get as a steal, but not someone I'm expecting to be uh, my wide receiver 2. Oof, that's that's tricky. That I, I, I just that that one makes me nervous. Uh, speaking of guys that make me nervous, here here are additional guys that are talented names. These are guys that have been fantasy studs in the past, uh, in the past. But I'm gonna pass on them. They just make me too nervous. Melvin Gordon going to Denver. I think I got way too many running backs there. No thanks. Todd Gurley going to Atlanta. Why did the Rams give up on him? Why wasn't he playing last year? I, I, he might have a bounce-back year. I, I'm just not going to go out on the limb with him. He might win a league for you. Who knows? Like He could get back to his old ways. It's so up in the air. It's just so risky. And then Austin Hooper, a great tight end. He was amazing with Atlanta. He goes to Cleveland. I just don't know what he's going to do there. They, they have Njoku. They've got Landry and Beckham. And then they got Baker Mayfield trying to throw him the ball. I, I, I just don't know. I don't know why Hooper left. I know Atlanta got Hurst, and I actually like Hurst, but I, I just, I can't, I got to stay away from Hooper. Way too much uncertainty. Tom Brady, we all love Tom. He's amazing. But what's he going to do in Tampa Bay? We don't know. To me, it's just too uncertain. And if you can get him late, that's fine. It's a flyer. But he actually didn't have great passing numbers last year. Always a winner. But from a fantasy perspective, eh, I, I don't need Tom Brady on my roster. So Julian Edelman, He's left holding the bag or whatever the saying is in New England without Tom Brady, so we have no idea what Edelman's going to do this year. And and so I'm just going to stay away from him. As good as he was with Brady, is is Stidham going to be throwing to him? Is Cam going to be throwing to him? I don't know. No thanks. Uh, Stephon Diggs with Buffalo, I I like him as a threat. I, I like him as an option. If he slips in your draft, he's worth a flyer. But again, we don't know how he'll fit with Buffalo. Now, I, I said earlier, I think he can spread the field. So he, he becomes a weapon. Defenses have to be concerned about him. I think it will open up things for uh, Singletary. But can Diggs put up you know, wide receiver one type numbers in a run-first offense with Buffalo? I, I don't know about that. Can Josh Allen, uh, can he actually throw the ball consistently deep to Diggs? What kind of connection will they have so I'm just not going to take Stefan Diggs in, in any of my drafts this year. Uh, two other names that that just guys that make me nervous that that I've just got to avoid. Mark Ingram with the Baltimore Ravens. I just can he do it another year? Anytime running backs, you can only trust them for so long, and then unless you're uh, Frank Gore who just plays forever. So unless Mark Ingram is that, I, I just I, I don't know. I just wonder will the ravens go back to him again this year and will their offense be as potent as it was last year as well and then even though i'm not as big into the rookies they did draft jk robbins and so at some point in the year does ingram lose carries to him that's interesting as well so i'm just avoiding ingram and then aj green coming off another injury he he could be like he's a top 5 talent receiver He's one of the best receivers from a pure talent perspective, but we haven't seen it in recent years because he's always injured. And with a rookie quarterback, and and he's slipping a little bit in drafts, and I think Boyd is even going before him, but I'm just avoiding A.J. Green. As good as he could be, uh, no thanks. All right, let's go to the category of sleepers. These are guys that I just don't think there is enough hype around them, and so you should be able to uh, to grab them. Alan Lazard with Green Bay, I think I think he's a talented receiver. He's the number two guy. Devin Funchess was brought in; he opted out from uh, of playing this year, which I don't think Devin Funchess would have been as good anyway. So I like Lazard, even though the Packers like to run the ball, they still got to throw at somebody. And so Singletary, Devontae Adams, he'll get his, and then the leftovers will go to Alan Lazard. But if you can get him late, I, I like him. Like I've, I've been talking a lot about Devin Singletary. He's kind of my guy this year. In some ways, he's a sleeper. He, he might slip even to, to round five, possibly round six in your league. And I took him, I took him at four because I wanted him. But if you can get him, that's a nice sleeper there. Uh, he's a little underrated. And then Deontay Johnson with the Steelers. So I like the Steelers' offense, and and Juju, you know, he gets kind of his credit, but he didn't have as big of a year as we anticipated last year. Of course, that was without Ben Roethlisberger. So there's just a little bit of pause with him, but Deontay Johnson showed he's a double-figure fantasy guy. He's only going to get better with Roethlisberger. You can get him late. He's a nice sleeper. Hang on to that name. Uh, I like him. Plus, he's got my last name, so we'll go with him. All right, here are a couple steals. These are guys who, in general, nobody likes them or they've burned the, you know, fantasy owners in the past, but I still like them. I still think they're good. And I'll start with somebody that I drafted, Jamison Crowder with the Jets. So people just don't like the Jets, but when Sam Darnold is out there, he can throw the ball. He's a talented quarterback the injuries or the mono or whatever he had last year. The Jets season was a disaster. But Jamison Crowder, because I had him last year on my team, he put up some great numbers. So you can get him as your wide receiver three or four, and I think that's a he can give you solid PPR points because he catches passes. He may not score as many touchdowns as you'd like, but he'll get you some points and yards, and there isn't a lot in New York. And people like... Was it Perryman? I'm not worried about Perryman. Uh, take Crowder. If you're going to get a Jets guy, get Crowder. Uh, another player that I drafted, Ronald Jones. I don't. I actually. I'm actually. Th- I'm shocked that he's as underrated as he is. They got rid of Peyton Barber. They they drafted someone. They brought in Lashawn McCoy. But if you listen to Bruce Arians, Ronald's the guy. He's going to get. He's going to play three downs for the most part throughout the game. He's got Tom Brady, who's going to only help him. And 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 Brady, at this stage of his career, is he going to really be throwing it all over the field? I mean, guys are you know, taking Evans and Godwin, thinking that both of them are going to be wide receiver ones. I, I don't know about that. I think they're going to run the ball a little bit more. Can you really think a 43-year-old is going to be flinging it all over the field without an offseason? I don't know about that, but I think they're going to run the ball, and Ronald Jones is going to be the beneficiary of that. Go get Ronald Jones. I feel good about that. Another player that, that people have given up on, and this goes against one of my principles. I actually didn't draft him, but just looking at, at players out there, I like David Johnson. I don't think he's a guy you can just write off as, ah, his career is over. I think he gets rejuvenated. He's been traded away. He goes to Houston. Houston needs a running back. Uh, Carlos Hyde actually thrived in Houston last year after he had been cast aside by Cleveland and San Francisco. and He goes to Houston last year and took so many carries away from Duke Johnson. I had Duke Johnson. I thought Duke was going to be the guy, but Carlos Hyde was the guy. He's gone. He's in Seattle. David Johnson is the clear running back one there, and has the, I think he's got a really good chance to be a running back one on your fantasy team, but you draft him as an RB2, I, I think great value for him. I think he's a steal. I really do. Uh, another player everyone's given up on, Carion Johnson. He killed my fantasy team last year. Absolutely. I took him, I kept him in the fourth round. total bust, but when you watch him play, he's really talented. He's a really talented uh, running back. I know they drafted DeAndre Swift. Uh, again, back to the rookies. I- I'm not as worried about Swift. I think Carrion gets that first shot. The Lions are gonna be better this year. And I think they'll stick with Johnson, even if they they use Swift and you know utilize him later in the season. I think Carryon will establish himself enough, especially to to warrant the value. He's going late in drafts, probably eight, nine, ten, somewhere in there. You can get, I believe, a day one starter uh, for the Lions, and you can get him on your fantasy team as a as a running back four, possibly. So that's pretty nice. Uh, staying with the Lions. TJ Hawkinson, a, a lot of, there are a lot of tight ends with hype surrounding them. A lot of people like Noah Fant, uh, uh, Janu Smith with the Titans. So th- there are some guys you can get later on that could be shoot up the the rankings as far as tight end contributors. And I think Hawkinson has a really strong chance with Stafford back the glimpses that he that Hawkinson showed last year, the hype that he had coming in to the NFL. Um he, he's already him him and who else was on the oh Galladay. They were both on the COVID list already. So hopefully they got that out of the way and then they're they're good to go. So I like Hawkinson. I got him as my tight end too behind Kittle and I'm feeling great about that. All right. Here are a couple guys you can snag for free uh either Later rounds, or even in free agency, I mentioned Darrington Evans. I'd throw Teddy Bridgewater out there. I think he's a little bit more of a a risk. And like I was talking about earlier, we don't know what the Panthers are going to do, but if you can get Teddy Bridgewater cheap, he's got lots of of weapons. So if things happen to click with Joe Brady right away, which it's going to be tough for that to happen, but You've got D.J. Moore, Curtis Samuel, Robbie Anderson as your receivers. Wow. And then, of course, you have Christian McCaffrey. Bridgewater, yeah, he could put up some numbers. And and last year, they played it safe with him, but he was still solid. If the Panthers unleash him a little bit, he's probably someone that you wouldn't... It might take a few games to get that out of him, but uh, I don't know. He's kind of an interesting guy to get late. And then uh, Chris Herndon, uh, the tight end with the Jets. Herndon, it's always funny to say. Um, he... When he was out there, he, he was really good, and then he got injured. And if the Jets are any good or any better, and when they're not throwing to Crowder, Herndon is a guy worth keeping an eye on in waivers. And then I like Hunter Renfro as Derek Carr's safety blanket. I, I just think they've got some new receivers, some young guys that could be talented. They, they've beefed up that position but I think Renfro becomes the solid guy, that the crossover guy from last year. Late last year, he, he really came on. Him and Carr had a nice connection. I think Carr has a nice year and is even better with more weapons. But who, who's old reliable? Hunter Renfro. PPR League. I think he'll catch a bunch of passes. And then, even though I'm not high on Arizona, if you get Larry Fitzgerald late, He's just nice to have on your roster you gotta have you gotta have a guy with some good morale a leader a guy who can help your other players <laughs> you got you gotta get Larry Fitzgerald you can't let him go undrafted so don't let that happen somebody's got to have Fitzgerald on their team and 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 yeah Derek Carr I like and then Chris Thompson a couple years ago Chris Thompson was the running back for the Redskins he was putting up enormous PPR numbers. And I was benefiting greatly from him. He's dealt with some injuries. He's now down in Jacksonville. I am not high on Leonard Fournette. And so if I can get Chris Thompson late, waiver wire, keep an eye on him. He could be nice PPR. And Jay Gruden is the offensive coordinator uh, and, and, and had Thompson a couple years ago when he was thriving as well as he was. So... Keep an eye on him for sure. So those are some uh, thoughts on this year's fantasy players and would love to know how you disagree. If you have any other questions and if you want to uh, you know, keep this podcast going from a fantasy perspective and, and you want me to record uh, some fantasy episodes preseason and, and maybe even during the season, uh, let me know. Email me, Bryce, at unpackingit.com. Also, would love to play against you this year. So go to com slash fantasy and be sure to order the Fantasy Football Fellowship playbook. It's fantasyfootballfellowship.com and you'd support the ministry and, and also have an awesome book to read throughout the season and get your whole league to to, to buy it as well. And, and so, yeah, any support there and, and promotion would be huge. All right yeah my 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 other principle that I didn't mention and and a lot of fantasy experts talk about this, but I think it's so so key. you gotta be fluid during the draft. You gotta draft for value. you gotta limit the amount of times you reach for a guy, and you gotta see how the draft how it comes to you because depending on your draft position, Things worked out really well for me. The guy before me, he did the zero running back strategy. So every time I was up with my strategy of going all in on running backs, I was able to, all right, lean in and take running backs because they weren't getting taken right before me. And and so that was really helpful. I noticed, okay, quarterbacks, you know, I can wait on a quarterback. And so I, uh, you know, adapted and, and stuck to my principles in, in that regard, but but saw how the draft was going and and realize okay I can get I can get somebody talented late, but but if you recognize okay uh oh all the top wide receivers are gone, now you have a decision to make. Am I going to lean in and and go strong on running back, get a get a wide receiver a little bit later because I can wait because everyone else already has their top receivers. So you have to be fluid. You have to know what's you know know what other guys are, are doing and, and and really have a feel for the draft. So if you've been playing for a while you already know that, but if you're new to fantasy. Don't be so stuck in your ways in in the, the mindset of, oh, I'm gonna take a quarterback in the fourth round, I'm gonna take a tight end in the fifth round. Uh, you gotta adapt. You gotta be fluid. There, there's no question about that. And I always find that that wide receivers are waiver wire friendly. There'll there'll be plenty of good waiver wire player player wide receivers available on the waiver wire once the season starts. And, and you'll be surprised guys like DJ Shark, you know, last year, Chark, uh you know, last year was a guy that was just a steal off the waiver wire. And nobody really knew what he would do in the preseason uh, when when drafts were going on, fantasy drafts were going on. So, all right, there you go. Those are my uh, those are my thoughts. and And let's end it with a faith thought, and we'll pull it from the Fantasy Football Fellowship playbook. And it's and I sent this out in the devotional. If you if you subscribe to the Unpack This devotional, hopefully you got it in your email inbox on Friday. And if you have not subscribed, you can go to unpackingit.com slash subscribe to get the daily devotional. Um, and so, because we'll do Fantasy Fridays throughout the month of August. The idea of fantasy experts. So I don't claim to be a fantasy expert, but I, I claim to be a fantasy veteran with some wisdom. I've played for a while. I've won a lot. And I've learned a, a lot over the years. But, but even for me, my strategy going into a draft is listening, reading, watching other fantasy experts, listening to fantasy analysis, getting a pulse of you know, how, how experts view certain players this year. What are the common threads and, and what are the, you know, the things that they're saying? How does that relate to my own you know, experience and perspective on watching football? Last year, so I so I look at okay, this is what I already know, and then okay, I'm going to listen to oh, this guy studied some of the uh you know the the offensive line changes, which is something I didn't keep up with. Oh, okay, he said that th- this team has a good offensive line this year. I'm going to listen to that advice and factor that into my draft decisions, and and so those are the kind of you know things we have to listen for we have to seek out advice we have to seek out wisdom when it comes to fantasy football so that we're you know well equipped to handle the decisions that have to be made on draft day but more importantly when it comes to life and making decisions in life we also have to seek out wisdom and we have to seek out biblical counsel and you know, spiritual wisdom from others who have been, you know, walking with the Lord longer than us or or have been studying scripture more intensely. And so we have to listen to teachers and pastors and spiritual advisors when it comes to you know, our own understanding and, and and listen to multiple people and, and factor it into our own experience and 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 what we read in scripture and to make sure that it lines up. Because if a fantasy football you know expert says that oh Carson Wentz is is a terrible quarterback well he doesn't know what he's talking about because Carson Wentz is a good quarterback now if he's talking about oh you need to be concerned about his injuries okay yeah that's great so when we're listening to to wisdom from spiritual leaders you know we, we want to make sure that we have a, a good foundation from our own reading our own time with with the Lord and our own you know our, our own level of wisdom um, but there are certain topics there are certain decisions that we face that we need extra insight extra knowledge extra extra wisdom extra understanding and so we need to seek that out through scripture but also through experts and that expert may be uh, our dad our brother our neighbor our, uh, our, our our friend's dad or a mentor at work and we have to we have to take the initiative. And, and so the idea of someone showing up to a draft with, with no preparation from listening to any experts or any analysis, those, those guys are behind. Like They're, they're going to make poor decisions in the draft. And so for us in life, we want to make wise decisions. So we have to seek wise counsel. Uh, in Proverbs, it says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. It also says, Where there is no guidance, a people falls. But in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. And then uh, let's see another proverb. Uh, proverb uh, nine ten: Fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. And so our our wisdom comes from having the proper uh, respect and fear and 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 honor for the Lord and and wanting to seek His wisdom. But oftentimes. He speaks to us through His Word and also through experts, through advisors, mentors, uh, someone that's discipling us, pastors, teachers. So we have to listen. We have to listen to God's voice. Again, looking at Scripture, so looking at our own fantasy notes, so to speak, but then also listening to the experts and, 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 and really from a spiritual standpoint saying, okay, Lord, make it clear. Make it abundantly clear to me what this decision needs to be according to your will and, and and the direction that you have for my life. And and so we can we can glean that wisdom and and we can make uh just better decisions when we have, oh okay, I talked to this guy, I talked to this guy, I talked to this guy. The common thread through it all, it's clear that God is speaking through all three of them because there was a, a level of of unity or or you know just that common thread to say yeah, this is what I'm supposed to do. And then you get that affirmation, that confirmation to, to move forward. And so uh, that's my uh, encouragement to us today to, uh, to really seek out as much uh, as Proverbs 15:22 says, without consultation and wise advice, plans are frustrated. But with many counselors, they are established and succeed. So, so we want to get that, that consultation from uh, the, the people that, that make themselves available to us you know people will say hey if you ever need anything let me know we have to take them up on that let them know hey i'm i'm facing this decision i need your wisdom and you have to look at people who have a track record so when it comes to fantasy you have to look at who are the who are the guys that in years past knew what they were talking about they have a track record and it doesn't mean they're perfect and so when we look at guys lives to say man i'm struggling with my marriage who's someone who has a track record of a great marriage a track record with a great marriage. Who who's someone that's doing well financially, and I can glean some financial wisdom from him. Who's someone who's been walking with the Lord consistently and faithfully for a long time. Let me go talk to that guy, and and ask him with, with the issue that that I've I've got right now, or the decision that I face. So hopefully that that parallel makes sense from a fantasy perspective, but more importantly to life and and making you know God centered, biblical decisions and and through that lens but we need people god uses people in our lives for that so hope you had some fun this ended up being a long podcast and thanks for listening uh go join one of our fantasy leagues unpacking it.com slash fantasy let me know your thoughts bryce at unpacking it.com thanks for listening have a wonderful rest of your day i'm bryce johnson i'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you soon right here on the Unpacking It podcast.
0: For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackin'it.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T dot com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackin'it.com slash donate.